this is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. And Sam and myself have just finished reading the book Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. And so we intended this to be the final part of our series on racism. And we thought this book was going to give us insights in the way we communicated about racism in our previous episodes. Um, but the book didn't end up to be very useful yeah. for that. <laughs> I think I might end up sounding more racist if I said some of these things like, oh, I need to be a white person and not, <laughs> we'd probably sound kind of bad. But you'll understand more. It's It's a great book for communicating and on a one-to-one basis so i still think it can help but in terms of just general levels of racism and things maybe not so relevant i don't think we'll be able to make make a a very viable connection to the other books that we that we read Uh, it's going to be difficult but as sam said the, the the book is is very much focused on interpersonal communication so between two people and also i think thinking about yourself yeah it's also useful for that Definitely. Uh, but not really to talk about subjects and to use specific words that mm. wouldn't be seen as racist or violent. Etc. I guess we're like, whereas white guys, we might sometimes accidentally be racist is more in general terms. This isn't so, so much about general stuff. This is more specific, like one-on-one, whereas in, like we wouldn't actively be racist to anyone like knowingly. So it doesn't really make so much of a difference there, mm. I think. But if someone black was accidentally offended by something that we had said they might be able to use some of this back at us to help us realize in a non-violent way that we were being a little bit silly kind of thing so it yes. might make more sense if you were perhaps someone who felt that you've ever had racism against you to use this absolutely so it's still kind of useful for the series mm-hmm. but not for us because to be honest i whenever someone is racist and i perceive or i notice that someone is racist i don't really feel offended in a way and me pointing it out to that person is not so much from like from my own feelings as in it is more a way to like try to make that person a better person i guess Mm. i think i think possibly we could use it a little bit but i think we're doing a lot of alluding to things now and so we should probably just sort of explain how how, how the process works yes rather than just talking about it because that's never fun as a listener yes exactly sorry for that you can violently <laughs> send us an email at a... <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah well read the book and then send us an email and then it's going to be perfect mm. so basically nonviolent communication is an approach to nonviolent living and is ba- it is based on the assumption that all human beings have a capacity for compassion and empathy and that people only resort to violence or harmful behavior when they do, they do not recognize more effective strategies for meeting their basic needs. And so the purpose of nonviolent communication is to help us connect ourselves and others in a way that make being compassionate, compassionate natural. It's not about making people do what we want, but it is about creating connections with others so that everyone's needs are met. And I mean, what I just said might have been sounded like very like fluffy and stuff, but it basically boils down to that we 
openly and transparently communicate our needs to others and in that way give them the opportunity to enrich our lives by helping us fulfill those needs. Do you have anything major to add to that, uh, Sam? Or we can go more in depth now if you want. Yeah, so I think it might be just worth mentioning that Marshall Rosenberg has got quite a lot of experience in sort of psychology and in mediation. So he's worked for like, like in war zones and like just sort of couple dramas and, and just general personal things. So all kind of different levels of high stakes and low stakes scenarios where he's like help people sort of not kill each other and stuff. And where he's done about this as well, it's just like for his own life and things. And he's got really interesting examples throughout the book and definitely has useful experience for this. He's definitely a skilled guy. And it's from that sense, I think it's an interesting book in general, besides just the initial, what you're learning from it, just to sort of hear about the different areas mm. that he's done this in. But yes, we can carry on. Did you, did you ever read How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yes. This book made me think a lot of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. And I actually found How to Win Friends and Influence People. I found it easier for me to, to get to. I think I'm personally not very good at expressing feelings and even noticing feelings. Yeah. And so I think that the, the theory of nonviolent communication is centered around your own feelings and being able to express those. And I think for that exact reason, I found this um, a very interesting book, but I found it very hard to think about how I could start applying this to my own life. Mm. And also, I was trying to think of if I could have a better word for the word needs the whole time, because I just didn't want to be saying like, oh, because of my needs, I want to be doing this thing. And then I just thought that might be a better way, but then I couldn't really... Values, think. perhaps? Yeah, well, but... But it's it's partly your values and it's part of like you know what you want and what you're trying to get to right now and what you're trying to understand. So needs kind of does make sense. I couldn't think of a better mm. word, but it just doesn't sound sound great because it sounds like you're really needy the whole time, which obviously <laughs> isn't useful. But which you are, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's it's true. It's actually like recognizing it, and that's that's one of the things. That's one of the interesting things that comes up in a lot of his examples, where someone will be sort of demanding something from their son or like their wife or something. And they're saying, oh, he's a dick because he's not doing this. And they're like, well, can you sort of express that through what your needs are that you need to be met? And they're like, and eventually they'll be like, okay, gee, it sounds really silly, but like, I want my son to just obey every single thing I ever say to him. And like, it's now I come across like a bit of a dick. And, and, and so often like our needs are sort of maybe, yeah, aren't really being realized because of we've actually wanting a lot more than we've actually ever acknowledged because we haven't gone to the specifics of what the root is that's annoying us. And I really mm. like that about the book is that you, you actually dig deep into what it is that's going on in your head that's probably annoying you. Mm -hmm. And often like, it's often yourself that's annoying, <laughs> which is relates a lot into like the whole business of conceptualism and stuff that we did in like why wisdom is true and things. So mm. it's, it's usually a good time for good books where they like link into other really good books, like how to win friends and influence people in why wisdom is true, which is why I, I think I would talk about the book again I, this would be one on one of my books that i would like kind of probably want to revisit and see if i could implement more mm. especially if i was in places where i was having troubles with people or if there were some conflicts in my work or something it would be like okay this would be a good one to like read with this person and like be like okay this is how we can have this conversation sensibly and it's not mm -hmm. too long which is nice yeah um yeah agreed again we haven't 
yeah, got right to Telegram. <laughs> you just only think about how to uh, implement nonviolent communication. We've just spoken about it. So, well, I, I could give like an example. Yeah. And one, one easy example is a person saying to their spouse, you never listen to me. And so that statement is a judgment and is usually by the one that receives it seen as criticism. And so it's going to be very hard for that person to build on, on that statement. And so what the book would suggest is that instead of saying, you never listen to me, you say, my need for being heard is not being met. And this makes me sad. Mm. And so here there's, it's clear that there's a need, there's a need of not being, of being heard. And, and so that need is not being met. And that makes me sad. There's no pointing fingers to the person that he or she did something wrong. It's, it's all like more internal and it makes it easier for the person to realize, okay, I, I need to be better at fulfilling the need of my spouse mm. and being better at listening basically. Yeah. And so it's the whole, whole book is, is very, very, uh, puts a lot of emphasis about being clear. And so something, sometimes uh, I found this quite direct so he's like very clear and he's like he, he told like the story the author tells a story about where he's at some kind of conference and there's a group of, of 10 people talking and so there's some are talking there's a conversation being held and he's and he felt that the conversation was about nothing like it was like just some some chatter and, and no one was really enjoying this the the conversation and so he said that like while the conversation was going on he just said like i'm sorry guys I just want to express my feeling that this conversation is not any, adding anything to my life right now. And it's making, making me quite frustrated. And as, as you would expect in, in this kind of situation, all the other people would, link, would think like, what is this guy saying? What is he talking about? How weird is this? And how awkward is this? But in the end, like he, he asked them, like, did you feel like this conversation was adding something to your life? And then one guy said, no, actually it was, a, it was a quite a useless conversation. It was really interesting. And that was actually the guys that was speaking most. And so in mm. the end, everyone realized that conversation wasn't really useful, but sometimes I felt like this, the, the nonviolent communication was very direct and could be perceived as offensive by some people when it isn't applied perfectly. Yeah, yeah. As in, he, he goes quite a lot into the semantics of it. And then sometimes you're a bit like, I'm not sure what I would have done in this situation. <laughs> sort of, mm. It's kind of funny. I mean, some of them are pretty clear cut where he's sort of like, okay, this person talks a lot and you maybe want to also get your voice heard or like have time for other things in the meeting. And then the people are like, oh, this guy's a jackass. Oh, this guy like only listens to his own voice. Like, no, no, try and talk about your needs. Like, <laughs> well, you just won't stop talking. No, no, try and talk about your needs. And eventually like, I think, okay, so I feel like I should implement some of my ideas in the meeting as well. And sometimes I, I get frustrated that I don't get to speak. And perhaps like, maybe you don't need to say all of these things kind of thing. And it comes across nicer. Mm. Um, where, yeah. yeah, I feel like. I kind of almost want to pay for his services to come and help me communicate nonviolently <laughs> in some ways. It's exactly the feeling I had. I think that the, the, the book talks about something which I think is, is extremely valuable, but I personally feel so far away from achieving that level of expertise to be able to make it helpful in my life that I would need to have like classes and, you know, scenarios where I, I practice it mm. and some role-playing, et cetera. For me, the book was interesting but in a way i think it's it was it it convinced me of the usefulness of this kind of communication but i don't feel like i'm now able to use this in my daily life at all yeah like zero i felt like maybe 
if we were living together and we we're both reading the book at the same time, we could like try and practice this a bit on things. Mm. <laughs> um, we're just like, oh, why is the door open for the toilet? I said, like, ah, oh, my needs for a cleanly home. I'm not quite doing <laughs> that right now. And sometimes it frustrates yeah. me when this door is left open. I wonder who could have left this door open. Perhaps my nice friend Nico could have perhaps closed the door a bit more. <laughs> and, and yeah, we could sort of, yeah, it could be a bit silly, but you might get a bit more used to it. Absolutely. I, I, I also suggested this book to, to Hannah, my girlfriend, yeah. and said, like, I think it's a very useful book uh, with children, mm. like for parenting. Definitely. And I think there you can, you can, like, if you both read it, you can actually very much use the theory with your children. And then I think as a result, you'll also be able to use it towards each other. Yeah, yeah. It does sound really good for, yeah, not just sort of telling people off and rather sort of like outlining it in a better way. And the general premise of it, of, yeah, just finding a much greater truth in what it is that you're saying to sort of express that properly is just like really, really useful, I expect. <laughs> Any other favorite examples? I, I can give like one example from my life where the, the book made me realize that I, I could have communicated differently and this would have helped me quite a lot. Like a few years ago, I was, it was my birthday and I organized like an impromptu last minute like small celebration at my place mm. and i texted a friend who lives quite nearby and i told him like hey i'm i'm celebrating my birthday why don't you come and he answered no i'm actually i, I planned on um going for a ride with my new motorcycle today mm. and i felt really really annoyed by that because i was like you can take your motorcycle out for a spin any day like it's my yeah. birthday like one day in the, in the year it would have meant a lot to, to me if he had been there instead of driving his motorcycle. And so I actually, this was like a few years ago, back a few years ago, and I still feel some resentment because of that mm. moment, although he's a very good friend of mine. I actually never told him, but I think in that moment, uh, it would have been like, I think I could have used this, the, this book to communicate clearly that it would mean a lot to me if you were here on this day. Yeah, because um, he probably just didn't realize. He probably was like, "Oh, he's there with friends," and he's like inviting me. Oh, I do want to join over, and and so that's probably why he didn't realize that. Like, I would have really liked him there. Mm. And this book made me realize that yeah, I, sh I probably should have communicated that differently. Yeah, yeah. And I think in general, I think the this book, the, one of the base premises of applying nonviolent communication is really uh, being in touch with your feelings and your needs. And I think that's personally where myself and I think a lot of men specifically mm. have troubles with, you know, and, and also being able to express feelings. I've, I've never really learned how to express feelings and I'm, I'm still, I think very, very bad at it. Like I, I yeah. almost never admit not weakness, but uh, vulnerability. Mm. I almost never put myself in a, in an emotionally vulnerable position, not even with my girlfriend. And I think that's something that I would have to work on. And I think actually this, this type of, of book, and especially the, the whole framework around it would help me in, in, in doing that, you know, being able to express my feelings better. Mm. That's beautiful. <laughs> well said. Yeah, it's, it is really hard, especially when you, you're not really trained. I think it, it would be a great thing to do that. Like you said to bring up your kids with the kiss. Yeah. You, you just sort of go through expressing what you want to be done or what you're, yeah, you, you, you like he sort of starts and you just make lots of judgments on things, but you don't really realize why you're judging or what your feelings are that cause those judgments, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. 
it's into the Buddhism side of like things that annoy you and it's like well it's not actually in itself annoying it's like the essence that you assign to it and what you sort of let it do to yourself that annoys you and <laughs> you're not really like acknowledging how that's working it's a mechanism inside of you like so first like working out what that is to then explain it or explain it to actually then work out what it is means you can then kind of like go more to the root and sort of get help with it from other people and i don't know if you always need to do it through like exactly expressing your needs or just being a bit more of a deeper thinker <laughs> and <laughs> some of these things you could just sort of approach in a more calm manner i guess um mm. before sort of judging people for what they're doing yeah because yeah there's the one side of it which is just talking about your needs but the other side is just not judging people as bad necessarily and like labeling them as being annoying or whatever in your communication it's sort of just talking about what's going on in a non-judgmental way so that you can then kind of work out how to do it in a nicer way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think i also made the realization that um talking in terms of of purposes like whenever you ask someone something if you're very clear about why you are asking that person that i think that is very important specifically when it comes to parenting because i realized now when i'm a bit older that a lot of what my parents asked me to do or forbade me to do to like told me not to do mm. was all with the purpose of like my own well-being yeah yeah but i never realized it and i feel like it was never made very clear to me mm. it was like uh, why can't i do this ah because why can't i go out two days uh, per week in the weekends you know both on fridays and saturdays oh because this and that and and i think if as a parent you clearly communicate like we are doing this specifically for your benefit because we feel like this will help you uh, savor some some moments or spend a quality time with your family and etc it might have been easier to to accept these limitations yeah these these, demand, these requests definitely two more things i i've note i've t- took notes on so one is that i feel like the book and whole framework has the potential to be way more than you know how to like a way to interact with others mm. and i think it, it's it it could be like like a way to look at the world yeah definitely it's like something to meditate on because I, indeed as you said i felt a lot of like the the buddhism vibe in there and I think in general, you know, something we haven't said yet, but the whole uh, nonviolent communication framework centers around two questions. So one, what is alive in you? And two, what would make your life more wonderful? And I think there, if this framework helps you realize those questions, I mean, these are the questions that are actually at the center of what so many people are looking for as far as purpose in life goes. And so I think if if, if this kind of framework and this kind of training helps you realize what's inside of you and what's alive in you i think it's uh, yeah i like this insight 100 percent. yeah and then one last point i want to make so he talks about that most people today feel that their needs are like a burden and they don't really dare to ask others to fulfill their needs and so I totally understand that and so he suggests that the way you look at it is as some sort of santa claus so instead of saying, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling insecure right now, and 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 I need you to to 
give me some credit or, or make me feel better about myself, something like that. And, and, and feel as if you're putting a burden on the other person when you're expressing that. He would suggest to see it as if you're Santa Claus and you're, ho, 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 I'm insecure right now. And I'm giving you the, the, the present, like the gift of the yeah, opportunity to fulfill my need. And so I found it, found it funny to look at it from that point of view. I found it like selfish in a way, <laughs> very self-centered in a way. And I, I would have a hard time like um, thinking about it that way, you know, mm. thinking about, okay, my, uh, giving you the opportunity to fulfill my needs is, is a gift from me to you. Yeah. It feels so selfish it's, that it feels a bit uh, awkward. Yeah. I think that's back to like what I was saying about the needs being wrong, but it's, it's kind of a good thing in terms of it is really nice being able to like solve someone's problem for them when you just don't realize mm. as in if it makes you infinitely happy if i close the bathroom door every day and it infinitely annoys you i didn't even realize it's like it makes me feel really good if i can like just not be a dick when i'm staying at someone's flat and like if it doesn't cost me anything it's like oh i'm being nice to nico by doing this and like keeping his tranquil flats kind of thing is in mm. but it wouldn't that would be quite a nice thing to have said to me rather than spend the whole time resenting me and getting slightly more angry whilst I'm staying with you just for not having expressed your needs about like the door shutting or something. Mm -hmm. So in some ways we do kind of sometimes tie ourselves in knots a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly like, maybe that wasn't the best example, but other things where it's, it's not that hard to do often a lot of the things that people ask or like doing a connection, like, it's quite nice to give stuff to other people when it's not, a huge out your way i mean people that are always asking for favors that are a bit ridiculous are also very annoying and you kind of notice them and, and sometimes you still carry on and do it anyway but as a general rule it's it's not so bad especially with your friends it's nice like having a reason to do stuff with others and be things and okay so i don't know if your friend perhaps who was going out to ride his bike you may have had like a back and forth exchange between like oh, well, you know, I don't get to see you as much as I'd like and it's my birthday, so especially my needs sort of feel like it would be great if you were there. And if he was like, well, I've only just got my bike and I've been planning this for a thing and like there's quite a lot of other things I've got over the next month and it's a sunny day and like I've been expecting this forever and like you've just like dumped this thing on me that like sounds nice, but like you have a birthday every year and <laughs> so maybe my needs are that I need to buy my bike right now. Or maybe it would have been mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. actually, yeah, I do kind of want to fulfill your need but maybe you'd fulfill each other's needs a bit better just by expressing what it was that the other person wanted. And he might've been like, Oh, I'm so sorry, but perhaps I can come around with a birthday cake like on Wednesday. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think in this case, it's, it also would have been easier for me to accept his, yeah. no, you know? Yeah. And I think that's also a, po a point that is being made in the, in the book is that when you do a request, the definition of a request is that you can accept a no. So mm. it's okay. You, you offer the person the, the possibility to say no without getting like hostile or offended. And that way it's different from a demand. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess in this case, it's a good example where I have to be willing to accept a no. Mm. But I think if, if that no is communicated in a way that expresses his needs, then it's way easier to accept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it puts it a bit more evenly when you understand each other's needs. When it's just... Like, why is your friend being a dick, not caring about like your birthday and stuff? It sounds like mm. annoying, but when you actually think about like all of his needs as well and stuff, it sort of makes a lot more sense and you can put yourself yeah. in his feet more easily. 
Um, now that we're talking about this and um, we're trying to find examples in real life, uh, the book makes more and more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny. All right. I think uh, we've talked a little, enough about the content for now. You want to give it a rating? And uh... so, so I'm really confused now because I think this, this is something that I, I feel like I should read more and talk to with more people and like it could really change my life along with mm. sort of in the realms of being super Buddhist and chill out. And I think it would help you just be a lot happier and understand yourself better. Other people understand you better and just, just the, your world could be infinitely better if you really, really mm. were able to do all these things. But I also feel like I have not really acknowledged any of this since reading it in like the, the week and a half since I read this. I don't think I've actually changed any of my stuff. It was just like, as I spoke about it, it was really good ideas. And I feel like I almost listened to this again with someone else that mm. I'm living with and actually like implement it with them, which is kind of what I'm hoping to do uh, with my current flatmate. Cause he's my best partner. I thought if, if you're doing this in your own business and talking to people like more straight, uh, I think that would be super useful. So mm. I'm kind of hoping that I actually start to implement this and get better at it. Cause I think it'd be amazing, but I also, feel like this is very much a book that you could just like read and agree with everything and then just never eat any of it again. <laughs> so I'm somewhere in the middle of <laughs> amazing, brilliant book, kind of for just a waste of mental stimulation and nice to read, but like would not use. So mm -hmm. I've, I've said lots of words and I don't know what I need to say. I guess I say like six or something, but it depends on what I do with the next sort of two months of my life and how much effort I put mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. I guess if it was a 10, it would be like, my life has changed. I've read this once and I'm already doing everything that it wants me to do. Mm. So in that sense, yeah, I guess more like six, it's, it takes a lot more. Homework. All right. I, I fully agree. I, I completely uh, agree with uh, everything you said. And for me, it's, it's a very similar book to Why Buddhism is True, where you can feel that it contains or it, it, it shows you like a path. Yeah. And, and you know that at the end of that path, there's like, some major life-changing things to be found. Mm. But I think when I compare it to why Buddhism is true, I think that the, the why Buddhism is true showed you like, I felt m more convinced by more why Buddhism is true. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is really, really important stuff. And so I, I do feel that this is important stuff, but not to the level of, of why Buddhism is true. And so I also feel like this book gives you like a starting point. It shows you a way, but you need to act on it and you need to follow up. And so with Buddhism, uh, the Buddhism book, I think uh, one way I started act upon is, uh, act on it is uh, by meditating. And so I still plan on doing a, like a retreat uh, yeah, in the next definitely. month. Cool. And so I think with this, I would need to, I think, follow the, the courses actually, because I think that would be the best way to really yeah. start learning like, like, it would be nice if there was like a workbook that like you could just spend five minutes mm. each evening just to like quickly assess like the conversations you had and like what you said and like maybe how you could have said them better and sort of or planning what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Let's say, okay, I need to talk to Hannah about like something that's been going wrong. Okay, how can I approach this mm. conversation nonviolently ahead of time just with like a few mm. like the frameworks to just sort of think about and just to like nudge you into doing it properly. I feel like that would be really useful. And yes. Yeah, it needs a better next step, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, word book would be very useful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it this seven. Cool. For that. All right. That uh, that rounds up this episode. And so yeah, next week we can do a, a, re a recap on the whole racism topic. Cool. So I'll speak to you, Ben. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
As you know, we are doing this to try and help you get smarter. Well, I have another project for podcast listeners just like you who want to be smart. Nico and I learned so much from reading the same things together and discussing them, and I wanted there to be a tool that made it easy for anyone to listen to the same podcasts and books together with their friends. So I'm building the app Syncify, which does just that. It connects you with your friends in the app, listen to the same things at the same time, or create shared playlists and work through them at your own pace. You can share comments and highlights of your favourite bits, and become smarter by seeing what your friends think around the same content that you enjoy. As a bonus, it also helps with your mental health and reduces isolation. Personally, I hate publishing my life on social media, which I find all rather antisocial, and I don't go out of my way to phone a friend for no reason other than the fact I feel lonely. But I do love doing things with other people, and having my friends listen to the same things is, is really awesome. I mean, I used to speak to Nico like once a year before we started this book club together, and now we talk all the time because we're just doing something together. So do yourself a favour and sign up for the Syncify app at syncifyapp.com. And I really hope it helps. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything new, be sure to share it with your friends. And I just can't tell you how great it is if you were to happen to leave a review on iTunes. These really do help quite a lot. If you have any questions or books that you'd like us to read, feel free to reach out to us through the website, wiserpod.com, or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And just keep loving and keep learning, and ideally, keep listening. Big love from Sam and Nico. And the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Podcast.